Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, there should be some passion. This doesn't have to be boring. Boring, boring. Okay, one thing the game needs is more people like you. You, you. Still have grown men run around tight pants. It's Mookie Betts. It's Daniel Bard. It's Steve Aoki. Here's Saul Tlamachia. This is Brock Holt. Hey, this is John Lester. Baseball is baseball. Baseball isn't boring. Welcome to Baseball Isn't Boring. Here's your host, Rob Radford. Rob Radford of WEEI. And Bradfall, I'm curious about this story uh, from Michael Silverman, I just read it. Uh, again, the, the FSG consortium, or a consortium led by FSG, is purchasing a PGA Tour partnership stake that could approach $3 billion. We'll see about the PIF and Live Tour. Um, what do you know about this? What's your understanding of how it will work? And how should Red Sox fans feel about it? Well, no, I'm, I have been in the past. And first of all, how is everybody? I hope everyone's fantastic Doing today. Great. Excellent Doing great show well. so far. Um, I have been one of those guys throughout the last, whatever, 10 or so years who had said, listen, you know, look at how much money they're going to spend on the baseball team. Don't look too much into Liverpool. It's, it is the whole bucket thing and everything else. I have been one of those people. But at the same time, when you get to think things like this and, and they're doing so many different things, the, all I'll say is this, something has changed. Something has changed. And, and whether that's because they're investing heavily in things like this, whether it's because they're losing money somewhere else, but something has changed. And so when we, we can't just say, no, 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 one has nothing to do with the other. Absolutely, something has changed. And so, when, so if you ask me the question about is one impacting the other, or how should we look at all of this, all I know is that John Henry is not approaching the Boston Red Sox in the same way that John Henry always approached the Boston Red Sox up until recently. And for Boston Red Sox fans, you can point to whatever way you want. You can point to the golf tour. You can point to Liverpool, whatever it is. Penguins. But it's not the same. Something, something has changed. So on that note, uh, with the news of Justin Turner signing with the Blue Jays, 
what what do you make of that? Is there anything that you read into that? He is 39 years old. There were jokes last year that his wife took great offense to about his fielding abilities at 39. Uh, <laughs> what, what do you think the Red Sox are losing there, or are you okay with him walking out the door? I don't think he was a great fit for what Craig Breslow is looking for at that position, but I'll say this is that it's a loss for the Red Sox. And you might not think he's a great fit positionally, and he's, you know, old as old can be, almost 39, I guess, as old as old can be. Same age as Adam Jones. Oh, listen, but, you know, in in your business, Adam, you're a young man. That's true. It's a young man. Young man's game, yeah. And who knows? You know, Justin Turner might not be the same at 39 as he's 38. I don't know. But I do know this, is that we can't forget, this comes back to the proclamation that the Red Sox were going to be better when the offseason started. And they just simply aren't right now. And the problem is when you take away Justin Turner as the latest example, because Justin Turner was the middle of the order. I don't care if he was 38. He was the middle of the order guy protecting Rafael Devers. Justin Turner was the undisputed leader of that clubhouse. Justin Turner was the best run producer other than Devers and probably the most clutch hitter that the Red Sox had. So yes, he was 38. Yes, positionally he maybe isn't the perfect fit for what they have. But you have to replace Justin Turner. And they don't they haven't done it. And not only haven't they done it, but they let another team in the division get better by him going there. So you know, if you if you don't want to allocate the twelve, thirteen million dollars to Justin Turner, fine. But you got to find it another way to allocate it, which comes back to what we had said before. Something has changed. We 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 have no evidence that they're allocating anything to be allocated to anything. I don't even know if that makes sense. But no, I got, understood that. Something. I like it. I understood that loud and clear. A lot of allocates, but I got that. Uh, uh, it's it's every everybody's angry, Rob. I, I yeah. we we get it. Uh, Rob, you know the clubhouse obviously better than we do, uh, and in the past we know that when the team was stagnant, didn't do anything at the trade deadline, that did not go over well in the clubhouse. In off season like this, what kind of effect could that have on the clubhouse? It's a good question, Christian. But here's the thing: is that there's not enough established guys in there to be upset. Yeah. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's true. you know it's when, when when you have when, no when, when put it this way. I went through plenty of spring trainings with David Ortiz saying, why didn't we get Nelson Cruz? Why didn't Nelson Cruz? We got Grady Sizemore, not Nelson Cruz. You know, plenty of where all these guys who had been there, who had built the foundation, and they're saying, hey, we didn't do enough. And, but now, who's going to say that? Honestly, who's going to say that? Rafael Devers, yeah, he said it at the trade deadline, sure. Kenley Jansen, yeah, sure, he said it. But Kenley Jansen's on a one-year contract, and he might be traded. Rafael Devers is, you know, is Rafael Devers. He's, he's, I don't think he's a leader on this team. It's no knock on him. It's just his personality, and he's one of the better players, but not a leader on this team. So I just look at it as, who, okay, who's going to be upset? Trevor Story has to prove himself. He can't complain. Like, it's, like this, it's not the same dynamic. So normally I would say, yeah, people are upset. Now, the guy who should be upset is Alex Cora. You know, Alex Gore is the guy who's saying, hey, I got one year left of my contract, and I got to manage this team, so let's get some talent on this team that can compete these other teams in the American League East. So, <laughs> there, sorry, there's just a lot to take in there. We were just talking about <laughs> what has been coming out of 
the mouths and mouthpieces of ownership, for lack of a better word. And it seems like every corner that they're either they're trying to hype up the fan base or they're trying to defend themselves against accusations that they are checked out or they're approaching this uh, job with less passion, they step in it. So is there anything that they can do over the next couple of weeks to change perception of what has just been kind of a and a crap show since December. Yeah, start with the mishmash of mes- messaging that they've had, which is, as we know, as we talked about last week, which is you have the, them coming out of the gate saying we're going to do all this, full throttle, levers, and all that stuff, and now it's the Fenway experience. Well, it doesn't matter. If you sign Jordan Montgomery, then okay, there you go. You did something. That's fine. If you, make a, if you make a significant trade for a Corbin Burns or someone like that, okay, you did something. But the, the, the messaging and the words, it's all, it's, it's all just white noise now. This is all about results. This is all about what are you going to do. Are you, and, and if they don't do anything, then they deservedly should keep getting ripped because this was not what was said out of the gate. And you cannot have the Fenway experience as the thing that everybody is grabbing onto. You can't do that. That's not how this works. If, if they go into spring training with this semblance of a roster and, and, and with, that, with the Fenway experience line just lingering there, then that is one of the low points for the Red Sox in a long, long time because that's not how this ownership had built this team over the last 20 years and certainly not the expectation the people who are spending the money have. So, Brad Fo, let's assume that the fans and people like you and us and everybody shame this team into spending some more money. Who should they spend it on? I think they should spend it on Montgomery. He's not, he's not, the, he's not the perfect free agent. But, and, and like I said last week, maybe they're playing the market perfectly. Maybe this is J.D. Martinez all over again. They're riding this out, and they're going to get him at three years instead of six, and there you go. You got your deal that you wanted. But you went into this offseason, and you said, priority, you have to make the pitching better. Well, you got Giolito. Okay, fine. But you get rid of Chris Sale. So who's to say that Giolito is absolutely going to be better than Chris Sale? We can't say that. And other than that, you haven't done anything. So you, you have to go out and do that, what you wanted to be a priority coming in this offseason. And so if you went out and signed Jordan Montgomery, then that would, it would do a lot in a lot of ways. Number one, it would make the team better. Number two, it would eat innings, which they desperately need. And number three, it would get rid of a, a fraction of this narrative, which is, oh, you know what, the, 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 the golf tour is taking away from the, the baseball experience at Fenway Park. Okay, Rob, I want to let you know, the the Twitch chat, the text line, like immediate feedback we're getting on Twitter, uh, they're enjoying the very fired up uh, uh, angry Rob Bradford here today. Uh, so I will let you know that. And I don't want to detour you from from the anger and the this fire. This is passion, Sam Kennedy. This yeah, is what it sounds like. exactly. So yeah. I don't want to detour you from the anger, but I did, I did want to ask you, you, you must have covered Jimmy Williams, uh, if not in his Boston days, at various points throughout Major League Baseball, right? You know, it wasn't exactly my sweet spot of covering the team. I was, uh, I was more of uh, answering phone calls at the Lowell Sun uh, during that time um, in, uh, at the Gloucester Daily Times. But, you know, I was around enough and I knew enough people to know how, how well-respected and important. And, you know, you say, like, a, about a baseball man, you know, that's the thing. He's a good baseball man. But it's, you have to – sometimes that's the ultimate compliment in this business – 
And that's from what I gather, especially from the guys who were around when he was around, that that's what I gather he was. Okay. Uh, so look, I uh, I love those Red Sox teams, and I, I and even if you weren't covering them directly, like those those were Nomar and then Pedro and then Man- like those were those were great. Or was that pre Manny? When was his final year? But like those those teams were oh, yeah. those were great Red Sox teams. Uh, and not that they won championships, mm. but those were fun. Maybe is the better word. Fun Red Sox teams, not great Red Sox teams. Uh, he's Rob Bradford. Uh, we're remembering uh, the Red Sox of yesteryear because this team. I don't think people are looking forward to. Uh, Bradfo, we appreciate the time. Thanks so much. We'll talk to you next Tuesday. All right, all right. Thanks a lot, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right, Rob Bradford. Thank is all you, our Rob. Guest, joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. In celebration of opening day, we've got a special episode of The Moth Podcast for you. The theme is baseball and the surprising ways it connects people. I gaze out at the players on the field and then I, uh, I look over at my dad and I, I realize that in the silence between us that something has changed. It's like I'm seeing him for the first time. Two stories about baseball, family, and so much more. The episode's available right now. Subscribe to The Moth Podcast to make sure you hear it.